Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Saturday afternoon. Appreciate all of you tuning in wherever you're listening, whether it's 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, the KSL News Radio app, KSL Sports app, or on podcast. Go get the Cougar Sports Saturday podcast wherever you subscribe to your podcast. BYU basketball going to be on our airwaves tonight. 8 p.m. against Kansas State. I got a trivia question for you, Matt. I've been anxious to oh, ask you about this. Before we get to, we're going to be talking BYU football quarterback breakdown coming up here momentarily. But I got to ask you this question. What was the first ever game played in the Marriott Center? First ever game played in the Marriott Center. Yep, first ever college basketball game played in the Marriott Center. It opened in 1971. It feels like... Be- because you're asking me this, it has to be Kansas State. I thought that. So I found out BYU's first ever game in the Marriott Center was against Kansas State in 1971. I found out, though, it was not the first ever college basketball game. Oh. So that night, in BYU's opening night of the Marriott Center, which was then the Marriott Activity Center in 1971, December 2nd, 71, it was the Cougar Classic. BYU played Kansas State in a nightcap game. Before, there was another game. It was St. Joe's and Pacific. So those two teams (laughs) hold the distinction of being the first ever game played in the Marriott Center. St. Joe's made the trip. Yeah, St. Joe's and Pacific from BYU's old stomping grounds of the WCC. Wow. Had no idea. That is... Kind of mind-blowing, right? That's a mind-blowing piece of trivia. So that's like... Ultimate next level. St. Joe's is a New York school, right? Yeah, they're that. They have that mascot that just always flaps his wings like nonstop. <laughs> they had Jameer Nelson back in the day, Delonte West. Yeah, I had no idea. Like ultimate next level BYU trivia. Dang. First ever game in the Marriott Center, St. Joe's Pacific. Which two? What are the teams that went on to play in the championship battle of the Classic? BYU and St. Joe's. Okay, they battled for the Cougar Classic uh, uh, championship game in '71. Kresimer Kosich led BYU to. The title, but I, it just kind of blew my mind. I was like, wow, wow I had no idea. And B, Pacific was rolling into town here all the time and had no idea. Anyway, I just had to bring that up. Uh, BYU football talk. Uh, we've had, we're going to be having Gary Bohannon coming on the show, coming up at the top of the hour. Newest quarterback for the Cougars coming from USF and Baylor. He became officially a Cougar this past Wednesday when they announced his signing. Begs the question, Matt, is he going to be the starting quarterback. Let's dive into this quarterback unit as BYU football opens up spring ball in 19 days, February 29th. How are you feeling about this quarterback unit for the Cougars in 2024? I don't feel great. I'll be honest with you. I, I felt better in previous years. However, I'm really looking forward to the competition and the battle because there's not a lot of high-profile names. Bohannon would probably be the biggest name but it's been a long time since we've seen him play great football because I don't think he played great football at South Florida. So I think we're talking the first year Jeff Grimes at Baylor, 
was the last time Gary Bohannon looked like a dang good quarterback. And he didn't look all that good against BYU in the game that he beat BYU in. He had a, a pick in the red zone. like, But he also was a highly recruited guy that was an Elite 11 quarterback. It was how, how many years ago was it? The cycle that Zach Wilson came out of, 2018. Zach Wilson's heading <laughs> into his fourth year of the NFL. College football, it's something else, isn't <laughs> COVID, it? COVID, red shirt, it's, it's wild now. But there's also a lot of guys behind him that I think have some intrigue. And it wouldn't be all that surprising if Jake Retzlaff or Ryder Burton or someone else just exploded and took the job. And I think that's what makes this quarterback competition a lot of fun. But you, you'd be lying if you said you felt good going into it because – what Jake Retzlaff showed last year, there were flashes, but there were some really bad plays, too, that, that give you pause. That, can he do it over the course of a 12-game season? This, to me, is the most wide-open quarterback unit I think I can point to since 2002. And I point to 2002. That was after Brandon Doman moved on. It was Brett Ingeman, Matt Barry, Todd Mortensen, Lance Pendleton. You're like... None of those guys were stars. Yeah, that's kind of this group. Like, No one's a star. At least feels like they're trending towards being a star. Because I think with any quarterback battle, it always feels like there's a, there's a quiet movement behind the scenes of like, okay, hey, this is the guy that's going to ultimately take it. Like, you know, that 2021 season, there was this three-man quarterback battle. Here's Baylor. Here's, uh, gosh, here's Jacob Conover. Here's Jaron Hall. And it's like behind the scenes, I remember that media day, Jaron Hall's gonna be the guy, right? Like we came away. I remember you and I both came away from that feeling like he's the man. Jaron Hall's the guy, yeah. and and that's just gonna happen. And then that first fall camp, you go, okay, yeah, Jaron Hall's the quarterback. This is case closed. Like let's shut it down right now. Uh, it, it just doesn't feel like there's movement for any guy. There's no buzz about Jake Retzlaff in winter. Uh, Gary Bohannon. I feel like that's kind of a blank slate as to what to expect from him. Kate Finnegan. I just don't get the sense that there's this view of him ever being a QB1. He, he, Jake Retzlaff stepped into camp last year after having his tonsils taken out. He just becomes the QB2. Right. After having, like, really and no— And Finnegan looked good in yeah, spring and, up to that Finnegan's point. Finnegan's had year after year. Uh, so, I, again, I, I just—maybe Nick Phillips is the wild card? I don't I know. Don't like so. it, It's just, to me, it's kind of surprising BYU's in this spot, Matt, because maybe I'm biased here because— we cover BYU football so closely. I look at the BYU football quarterback position as one of the more prestigious positions in college football, and I'm just kind of surprised it's got to this point where it's kind of a group where you might say this is the 16th best unit quarterback unit in the Big 12 with 16 teams. I'm not surprised at all because I feel like this is what happens in college football today when your offense was absolute hot garbage. See, I don't think it has anything to do with that. Really? Why? I think it's because they had two recruiting cycles where they didn't sign a quarterback. That doesn't help. I think that's the bigger issue because now you went to these one-and-done situations with Keaton Slovis and Gary Bohannon. I honestly don't think quarterbacks care anymore about uh, offense that's poor. I I do. I think they'll just— If you're dipping in the portal, though. They went for a portal quarterback that signed Curtis Rourke, who they wanted out of Ohio. He signed with Indiana. And I think if if their offense was top 50— 
you land a uh, maybe a Levitt or a Rourke or a somebody. But that's you, fair because when when you're a one year quarterback, and this is why your point is fair and true, and I agree with you. You got to be bringing in high school quarterbacks yeah. to keep the pipeline alive, so you don't have to rely on the one year guys. But if you're going to do the one year thing, you got to be good every year so that people look at it and say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to follow Jaron Hall and I'll go pro." Well, what happens when the guy who comes in to follow Jaron Hall to go pro has a bad year? Yeah, and no, it was a horrible year. I, I agree with that. I mean, like, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just feel like I there's one position to me. I understand you don't want to pay a premium for maybe a safety. Fine. Yep. Nil though, you throw the bag at a quarterback. How do you feel Matt about rule the, style? Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying a million, but half a million. Like, think about what the significance of quarterbacks do for coaching security, for the momentum, the 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 viewpoint of a program. Like, imagine if BYU got, uh, you know, just one of those top quarterbacks in the portal. Max Johnson. Yeah. Like, say say they threw a bag at that dude. Nationally, they'd be like, okay, BYU can maybe get back to a bowl game. It just quarterbacks write narratives. And college football is the ultimate narrative sport, and quarterbacks create job security for a coach. It's not a surprise. Kalani got contract extensions when he had Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. <laughs> right. I mean, I just feel like there's so much significance on that position. And to go into spring with really only four starts under your belt, not much production out of this group, uh, it's kind of surprising. Like, this is still the BYU football program that's got a high level of expectation from the quarterback position. That standard should not be lowered. I feel like it kind of got lowered a bit. Now, look, Gary Bohannon, Jake Retzoff, I think those are your top two guys. And I hope that both of them prove us all wrong and it becomes an epic battle. And yeah. both these guys, you come out of spring or you go into the fall and say, these guys could lead BYU to a surprising season. I hope that happens. Yep. I, I like Retzlaff. I think Retzlaff could do some good things, but some of the catastrophic mistakes he made were just epic to where they will always be remembered in BYU lore as some of the most costly mistakes ever. Yep. That Oklahoma mistake will live in infamy right. in BYU football lore. Uh, so yep. th- th- I just think it's just surprising they're in this spot, Matt, because uh, like when you're turning to maybe thinking – Ryder Burton could be a guy. Noah Lugo could be a guy. I'm just surprised BYU, after the successes of Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall, that they haven't been able to parlay that into a four-star high-level recruit. Or maybe, see, again, I feel like that type of recruit now demands the bag. And I feel like if you're going to quarterback with how important it is, that's the one position where I would say throw the money at it. Have some, Find some booster that's willing to pay that money, write the check, and go get the funds necessary for a high-level quarterback because that could really rewrite the narrative of a program. With that all being said, I think Rhett's laugh without – look, this is our way-too-early thoughts and predictions sure. and preview for spring ball. He's my vote today on February 10th to be the starting quarterback primarily because BYU's coaching staff – put so much into him at the end of last season, I feel like that gives him the upper edge. But he's going to have to thwart off Bohannon because you don't bring Bohannon in if you feel like he's absolutely the guy. But do, do you agree? Do you think Retzlaff is slightly ahead today? I agree. And, and I think that you know this coaching staff, Aaron Roderick in particular, believes in Jake Retzlaff as a QB1. That's why they threw him into the one of the toughest stretches of BYU football history last year in that November stretch. 
uh, they wanted to give him a chance to, you know, try to turn the tide for that BYU team. And so I think, yeah, Retzlaff's probably the favorite. I'm curious to see what Trayson Borgay out of Western Michigan can provide as a PWO. I really like the arm talent of Ryder Burton. I mean, you know, Keaton Slovis said great things about Ryder Burton as being maybe a guy of the future. He's kind of a film junkie. He's got a rocket arm. He's kind of like, you know, Zach Wilson light in a way. Uh, Noah Lugo is more runner, more athlete. He's got to develop more as a passer. And then you also got, you know, Cole Hagen, who highly productive at the Corner Canyon program. You know, that's a guy that just, he was super productive for a high school program that had high expectations. And then you also have Caden Cox, Micah Fea, Dane Christensen, Dylan Dunn, who will join later in the summer. But it's a, it's an interesting group. Yeah, I, I'm is. just I will Who's be your dark horse. The dark horse to me is Ryder Burton. Yeah, I would say, but uh, I don't feel confident that he'd really crack into that top two. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we'll wrap up the offense, a spring ball preview of the running backs and offensive line, and then at one o'clock, not too far away, Gary Bohannon joins Cougar Sports Saturday.